0: welcome back everybody before we get into this week's episode we just want to get some stuff out of the way uh if you are watching on youtube if you're watching on youtube and you're not quite uh subscribed welcome back everybody before we get into this week's episode we want to go through some things first if you're watching us on youtube and you're not subscribed What are you doing? Go ahead and go do that already. And like the video.
1: Like the video. Please like the video. It's the thing that helps the algorithm the most, and it hates our content. So please like the video if you do.
0: Also, if you want to keep up on us regularly, hit the notification bell. It'll tell you each time we release a video, which should be once a week. If not more, we got some fun stuff coming up. Yeah. Also, check us out on Twitter and Instagram. We have stuff on there. We like to bully celebrities on twitter
1: and we also have a patreon yeah we do we do and that'll also be in the description if i remember to do so who knows we're running a little late this week there's no way to tell but enjoy the show guys thank you so much Welcome back, everybody, to the Acid Cat Spirit Hour. I know we're a day late, but we are not a dollar short. Uh, We had a bit of a family emergency this week, but we are here. We're happy. We're feeling good otherwise. Caleb, do you see any ghosts this this week? Do you see any? I feel like every week when I check in with you at the beginning of the podcast, you've got a ghost story or something like that.
0: Uh, Not this week. The only thing that could have been maybe something is uh, I felt... Something brushed my hair back while I was at work,
1: Ooh. and
0: the next day I found a bit of like a like a scratch
1: on the back of my head. See, you say nothing. That feels like something. Yeah, it yeah. could have
0: been coincidence.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, this is going to be in the news heading when you're found fucking <laughs> slashed to death. Well, good. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad the ghost didn't get the best of you. Uh, we are talking a little bit about somebody getting the best of them, and appropriately, there's a plane passing. You'd think it was above us. I know I point up, but we're in the air in our... Uh, sort of non-corporeal <laughs> attic space uh and the planes are right near us and that's appropriate because today we're talking about planes
0: yep it's uh the second week we're talking about planes last week yeah, we talked I guess, about well, planes yeah i guess we got we've got planes on on the brains we we were talking about drugs disappearing out of planes last week this <laughs> week we're going to talk about people disappearing out of planes
1: yeah well, although drugs are involved this week as well cuz uh it seems like they can't not be involved <laughs> Before we get too far into the story today, uh, we did start a hotline. So uh, we're obviously enthusiasts of all mysterious things, but the frustrating thing to me is sometimes the only decent place to find a lot of mysteries these days is Reddit and stuff like that. I like to hear people's personal stories. I like to hear your ghost stories. We like to hear them. So if you have anything like that, you think the government's watching you you think that you've seen a ghost you know you've seen a ghost you have a photo of a ghost a video anything like that ghosts government ufo anything we kind of talk about on this show feel free to send it to us i'm gonna put the i'll put the (laughs) number on the screen now it's gonna be flashing like an infomercial (laughs) uh and feel free to send them to us uh we would love to hear all about it but with that said let's get into the show today uh yeah so today we're talking about a plane disappearance we did Last week we talked about planes, we talked about disappearances, and we talked about drugs. And apparently there was enough to talk about today as well. Uh, So last week, Barry seal and cocaine. There's demonetization right there. That's why we do a 30-second intro. So right away we can be like, fucking cocaine! And not get demonetized. But we get suppressed anyway. Uh. But yeah, so this week we're talking about... It's a little hard to tell, but we're talking about uh, a disappearance of a different kind. Um, But it did involve drugs and it did involve a plane. Caleb, would you like to talk about it? Yeah, so this week we're going to talk about Alfred Loewenstein. Yeah.
0: Um, He is a man who was the third richest man in the world at the time.
1: Yeah, but for a very brief period of time, was he the richest man? Yeah, he kind of
0: showed up in the zeitgeist, existed for a couple years, and then... Disappeared and then, thusly, disappeared from the zeitgeist as well.
1: Yeah, like he and he showed up in a pretty prolific way. Like he showed up with a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, and then just kind of disappeared. Interesting guy. I guess we could start by talking about what happened.
0: Yes. So there was a routine flight that happened on July fourth, nineteen twenty-eight, to take him. It was a routine flight that they did all the time to take him from the English coastline What'd to you the say? French it was coastline. Routine. It was routine. I know. I said it a bunch. I'm sorry. Um, but I just want to get the point across. That it happened all the time. Yeah. He did this had flight. He,
1: had they missed it, it would have been easy to do an hour later.
0: Yes. Uh, so he went from England to the French coastlines, landed in the French coastlines, went to Brussels on July 4th, 1928. It was a little different. And that is because halfway through the flight, he got up from a seat. It was a 20 person, uh, plane. So very small. It was him a couple of secretaries uh two stenographers a pilot and a mechanic okay so there were seven people on board himself and six other people okay and this
1: plane's a Fokker tri-motor so for those of you uh that are watching I will I'll make us small and I'll put up a big picture of it so you have an idea there's a picture with a cutout to give you an idea of where everybody was in the plane but I'm also going to follow up with another one right about now that shows the other side of the plane so that you can see we're going to talk about him falling out the back door allegedly um and the bathroom and the back door are right next to each other which is the important part yes
0: so apparently he was taking notes as you can
1: see or it's over (laughs) there i guess it's over
0: there he was taking notes uh got up from his seat went back to use the bathroom uh was gone for about 10 minutes when the mechanic was like you know he's been gone for a while." Went to go check on him. Walked back to the bathroom, opened the bathroom door, and the bathroom was completely empty.
1: Do you think that's because? Do you think that the pilot or the pilot, the mechanic, was worried because he knew there was like? Do you think he was worried, or he was like, "I told that guy, I know he's the richest guy in the world, but I told him no number twos on the plane. You can't (laughs) take a number two on the plane. He's been in there for the whole plane. He's been in there for ten minutes. I know he's taking a number two on the
0: plane. Dude's taking a deuce on the plane. It's going to stink the whole thing up. Only juice, no deuce. So, uh the way the plane is laid out, as you showed pictures, you have where the passengers are held, you have a door that takes you to a little uh, entrance foyer. Uh, On the right-hand side is the exit of the plane, or the entrance of the plane, depending on what side of the plane you're on. (laughs) And on the left is the bathroom. It's kind of hard to mix those up.
1: Yeah, so the idea, this guy disappeared from his plane, Um, Loewenstein, one of the richest men at the time, prolific, uh, he was pretty outspoken, pretty well known, uh, not the most popular guy in the world. We'll get into his personality when we get into who might've done it or what exactly happened. But he fell out of the back of this plane. Allegedly, he disappears as a passenger on this plane. Mm -hmm. Um, and allegedly goes out a door, which doesn't make a lot of sense. So to give everybody a, a wee we did a little research beforehand to try to figure out the math. So the plane's flying at 4,000 feet of elevation. To give you an idea, that's about was that that's like two. We, that's two world trade centers just about yeah. on top of each other. Um, two very patriotic buildings on top of each other making another smaller patriotic building when they love each other very much but so that's not that high in the air realistically mm-hmm. speaking when you skydive you skydive from 10,000 feet that's so significantly higher so the air pressure is not that high um, but it would still keep that door closed yes. You know, like I've flown around in small planes in the Caribbean and stuff and in Asia and you know planes where it's like me you and the captain that's it the type of plane where they very humiliatingly for a guy who's overweight they very uh, humiliatingly weigh you before you get on the plane and you're like I know Oh, can we shave like 10 off come on <laughs> at least light like we gotta make sure we got enough food <laughs> yeah. for this guy <laughs> yeah exactly it's like sorry your baby can't gum fat so's on his way it's like oh come on so anyway it's a pretty small plane and I have a hard time believing that you could slip out the back of a plane. I know D.B. Cooper slipped out the back of a plane, but he had to put a tremendous amount of effort into slipping out the back of his plane. And as we talked about last week with Barry Seal, which if you haven't listened to that one, I wouldn't be that surprised. I kind of forgot to plug it, but it's a really, really good episode. It's a crazy story. And Barry would put his plane on autopilot below a 1,000 feet and would open up the bottom doors and kick cocaine bundles out the bottom. So... I could see someone getting out of a plane yes. at that elevation. I could definitely not see someone slipping out of a plane at that elevation.
0: Yeah, so we should probably, we've alluded
1: to it, the official statement... Oh, yeah, sorry, we did kind of skip over that. Was that he just fell out of the plane to the ocean.
0: Is that he mis- mistook the right door for the left door and instead of going into the bathroom, opened the exit plane, and got slurped out of the plane. <laughs> like,
1: that... What a silly ass... We have a we have a running joke called Goof of the Day, which is like a competition to see who can make the biggest mistake of the day. It's like a good way to own your mistakes. That's Goof of the Day, man. Like going out the wrong door. <laughs> but I just don't think it's possible because the amount of resistance on a bathroom door, especially like a small wooden... We're talking... So this is a try... I put pictures of the plane up, but... It really helps to understand that this is a wood-framed plane with three motors, you know, wood and metal framed plane. It it has aluminum skinning, but this is not a modern plane. This mm. is not a plane that has the airlock doors and all of these things. This is just a metal door like you'd see on like a trailer home between you and the sky. If it comes open, you're going to know that you open. It's going to rip it right open. It's going to be very loud. Not to mention that anybody who has gone skydiving knows that once they open the door, well, long before that, you have to have earplugs in, you have to have all that stuff on, because once it, and eye protection, and that's because once it it opens up, it is a fury in there. And even at 4,000 feet, you're still going to have the air turbulence to cause that to happen.
0: Yeah, so when they tried to, actually, let's, should we talk about the after,
1: like, the plane landing, stuff like that, first? Well, I figured what we'd do is we'd next go into why they'd want to kill him. Okay. Okay. So, so before we get too far into like the finer details of how this happened, let's maybe get into why it would have happened. Because we've touched on the controversy, but this isn't 1928, and no one <laughs> that's listening to the show, we shouldn't expect them to know that, oh yes, when Alfred Loewenstein went missing. No, I mean, at the time, very big deal, but you know, since maybe not as big of a deal. So he was a, uh, a prolific businessman, originally from Belgium, but when the Germans came during World War One, him and his family went to Britain, mm-hmm. uh, and he made himself there. Uh, he became... Uh, uh, George Costanza type, Uh, he was in importing and exporting mostly, but uh, he was connected to a lot of things. He was connected to um, running weapons. Uh, Basically, there's a belief that he made a connection while young and in the military as a way to sort of create a gateway to move all kinds of items Mm -hmm. to and fro, uh, and that's where he made the majority of his money. Um, but he would, you know, he was a prolific investor. He was a, he was said to have an incredible business mind. His critics, um, are especially vocal as we've seen. Um, but it's because he wasn't, seemingly a very well-liked man by most people in his family he was very straightforward about his business he was very focused on that and he was kind of obsessed with being and seeming american yes and I, with that comes a lot of toxic masculinity and cowboys and all that sort of thing so go ahead tell them more about him
0: uh so this was posted in the new york times the day after he f- disappeared from the plane um and it talks about how he made some of his money and who he was as a person and the Subtitle of this section of the article is Made Big Fortune Swiftly. It said he had various nicknames such as uh, Croesus, uh, the Mystery Man of Europe, and the Belgian Santa Claus. Yeah. He controlled steamship lines, was one of the chief shareholders of the Belgian railway system, owned manganese iron mines, steel furnaces, coal properties, and rubber plantations.
1: Yeah, in Africa. Mm Mm-hmm. And bear in mind, you know, he had some seed money. There's, you know, accusations that he was born relatively modest, but he was also the son of a banker. And it's an easy claim to say that you're modest, but very rarely does that come with being the son of a successful businessman, especially one who's in the business of money. Yeah. You can say that all you like, but you didn't grow up that modestly. And in the U.S., he was virtually unknown
0: until one day he offered Belgium $50 million with zero interest as a uh, over a period of two years to stabilize the economy.
1: Yeah, after the... After, after World the, War One, The Great War. <laughs> the greatest of wars. Would you like to tell everybody what you told me during Discovery today?
0: Uh, I, I made a joke the other day about if you could travel back in time and you could say one <laughs> sentence to someone and just really alter the course of history, what would it be? And mine was going back to 1917, so the end of World War One, and... Being like, oh, what's everyone celebrating? And they're like, it's the end of the war. And just going, oh, which one? World War One or World War Two? And then disappearing, because <laughs> that would
1: just just be like, huh? Two? What's 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 uh what's all the ticker tape for? The Great War. It's ended. Oh, sick. Which one? <laughs> okay, bye.
0: <laughs> that or like going to any cat- catastrophic thing we were joking about popping up at Pompeii, right? <laughs> bef- right, the moment before the. Volcano exploded and just pointing to the volcano behind you and go, watch this, <laughs> and then disappear.
1: <laughs> hey, baby, you want to see something sick? <laughs> but then we realized, I think that's, we're just describing the plot of the coming Loki Marvel show. <laughs> I think that's what it's actually about. It's the D.B. Cooper in that, too. That's already come up. <laughs> Going to the, the Hindenburg and being just <laughs> finger guns. You go, no, 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 way before being like, you
0: know... Helium is kind of expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Standing on the ground looking at it and doing ba and then it exploding. Doing Someone's this.
1: like, whoa, he just <laughs> shot stuff out of his fingers. I'd fuck so, with Tesla, you know? I'd yeah. troll him. I'd make him think I was doing it because <laughs> he used to do that to people. You know those stories like with the remote control boat that he had? And he convinced people they were doing just... it with their mind, which is so sick. Like, he's invented remote control, but he's not telling anybody just so he can prank people. <laughs> Uh, so <sighs> gone yeah. too soon. That guy should have been 500 <laughs> years old. If there was one person, I think that deserved to live forever, it was Nikola Tesla. He might have, honestly.
0: Lowenstein, uh lent Belgium 50 million dollars, yeah. interest-free to stabilize the franc after the war. Yeah, and then shortly after that, offered France the same amount of money, yeah. for two percent interest. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Which I mean, <laughs> it's rich that it's two percent interest on. 50 million dollars uh but yeah the idea was that he was sort of this quiet robber baron who poked his head out as soon as uh the great war ended as a way to stabilize both of those economies yeah and uh
0: when he first made his way to the united states he came here by steamboat and he was pissed because he was like i fly planes i fly in planes i have two of my own planes i take
1: them everywhere Why was I here on a boat? Which speaks to his familiarity with the aircraft. Mm -hmm. Uh, This argument that he accidentally just walked out of the plane. Listen, I understand that sometimes familiarity can make that sort of thing more possible as well. I used to live in a town where there's um, trains, like every 10 minutes. Statistically speaking, it's like the most trains in America. So you get really used to that train whistle sound because you can't escape it. There's nowhere you can live in town where you don't hear it all the time. And every time a train comes through, it's going to blow it a few times. So you get used to it. And I, I remember distinctly, I was like a train hopping kid. So I'm too cavalier around railroad cars. I always stand behind the thing, but I was too cool for that. But there's a really great sensation when you're standing right next to a train and the air pressure can like kind of pull you in. There's just a really cool feeling. Don't do that. You can get hit in the head and it can kill you. Don't do what I'm saying. Anyway, so I was standing there doing this, and it was very enjoyable, but I had music on, and as soon as that train passed, there was another one coming the opposite direction, and I damn near and just walked right into that train. And had I done so, I would hope that history would be like, hey, let's be kind to him, accidents happen. So I understand how maybe that familiarity could have been like, oh, no, that's definitely the bathroom door. But I think it would have actually worked the other direction. I think it would have made him less likely to walk out that door.
0: Yeah, he also had... A narrow miss with death. Yeah. When he was in the United States, uh, he was borrowing a plane, traveling around. This one's great. uh, A slightly smaller version of the plane that he had, and he was standing there as the propellers started up, and he was too close, and it just knocked his hat off of
1: his head. And it was like a derby hat, and he most of the photos that you see of him, he's wearing a taller uh, top hat, and I... I mentioned to you, I wonder if that isn't just like a tactic for self-preservation. He was like, well, the derby is far too short. I got way too close to propellers. <laughs> he just wears this tall hat. He's like, why do you wear that tall hat? Oh, so I don't kill myself. I'll run into sharp
0: things. He was known for having weird business practices, self-proclaimed American business practices.
1: Yeah, which basically just meant that I don't corrupt. have any ethics. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to lie and steal. <laughs> he was like, I
0: love the way the Americans do business.
1: I think of myself as an American businessman. It's like what Trump says, you know. Like it's great to be American, where I don't have to be nice to anybody. I can steal all I want, and you got to deal with it, or I'll shoot you. He also said that he
0: stumbled into good business hunches. That's a, that I mean, come on, what are we? That's th- mm. the best way to say insider trading because
1: he, <laughs> a little like, birdie told me
0: he invested in artificial silk before yeah. it boomed big, uh, steam rails. He invested before they got big. um,
1: Hydroelectric, like. Yeah, hydroelectric power, yeah. He was very. He was uh, in on the ground floor for a lot of things, but he was also a vivacious man, you know, for having uh, sort of a cruel demeanor. He was also constantly traveling. He was a well traveled man all throughout his life. Like you mentioned, he loved aeronautics because he loved being able to travel at ease. Yeah. You know, didn't want to sit around and wait. So I could see it. But yeah, yeah, man, what a. What an interesting guy. So rich. Such a level of wealth. And to disappear like that. I mean, who's the third richest guy right now? Is it Bezos? Is it Bill Gates? Oh, man. I would say imagine if Bill Gates disappeared right now, but I wouldn't be totally surprised if Bill Gates disappeared right now, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) Uh, The third is Bernard Arnault. Okay. So if that guy just went... Well, fair enough. So if he just went missing, how likely would we really... You know, my immediate thought was like, oh, everybody would know, but maybe not. Maybe we don't. Does anybody know who that guy is? I have no I, idea who I don't that know is. who that is. I should probably know who it is, but I don't. If he went missing tomorrow, if he fell out of a plane, I would probably forget about it as soon as the news stopped talking about it. Right? He owns... Oh, Louis Vuitton. Oh, okay. I should know him. I've worked for him. Louis Vuitton, Monet, <laughs> Hennessy. Yeah, because Hennessy, Moet, yeah. Well, if you drink Chandon, know that it goes to the third, <laughs> world's third richest man and that if he ever disappeared, we probably wouldn't know. But with being the third richest man in the world, he also had a lot of enemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you kind of have to be a rich businessman. Well, yeah, you can't, as people are now learning, you can't become a billionaire without being a piece of shit, really. There's no ethical way to do it. And even then, that level of wealth, plus he was known, like, he kind of was proud of being conniving and shit, you know, the American way. He liked that he, that that alleged hustle culture the i'll steal from you but i'm glamorizing it so it doesn't feel bad yeah um
0: one of the big things that got him enemies is in 1926 he established the international holdings and investment ltd uh that raged huge amounts of capital from wealthy investors but he never paid the investors back
1: (laughs) sick it's just purely a pump and dump
0: so two years later in 1928 the investors wanted some return on their money you don't say yeah uh, some other people that he kind of made upset, he allegedly, we need to say, uh, started a international
1: drug ring. Well, so he's been linked to Arnold Rothstein. Arnold Rothstein did start the drug trade. Yes, uh, very much so in America. He supplied. He was responsible for organized crime, kind of as we know it. He fixed the World Series, the nineteen nineteen World Series, pretty famously. He fixed a lot of famous horse races. Uh, He stole a lot of money through horse races. He uh, brought into the world Lucky Luciano and Meyer Lansky. He invented organized crime as we kind of know it. And he was a kingpin in New York uh, during Prohibition. This was a man who was prolific in the trade of vice uh, of all kinds. And he supplied a lot, you know, the jazz age in New York, powered by heroin and a lot of it came from Rothstein and Rothstein and Loenstein did know each other they were business associates mm-hmm. so it was not in any way you know rich people that run in these circles as we're seeing now with Epstein and his buddies and how deep all that goes but if you guys go back and listen to our episode about Shergar the horse um, that was a story where that horse was stolen kind of as a beef between rich people you know so I don't think it's unbelievable to think that this guy would have been friends with Rothstein you know like the, that's where money was spent at the time. It was spent in horses. It was spent yep. on betting. It was spent on vice. And these dudes were prolific figures in the same thing, only you know across the, the ocean from each other. So I don't, I don't find it that hard to believe that they would have worked together at all. Yeah, Lowenstein was the owner of a
0: successful stable uh, of thoroughbred steeplechase Dude, horses, it, it, not Derby horses, but steeplechase. well, those are just as crooked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and his horses won the 1926 and 1928 the year he died runnings of the grand steeplechase
1: to paris oh interesting interesting yeah which is you know basically like the the derby of paris yeah yeah um
0: he also what what was it here he also tried to take over a canadian company called barcelona traction light and power okay which was a huge operation building infrastructure in brazil and he kind of fucked a bunch of people over with that uh, International Holdings and Investment Limited to try to take that company over. Oh, and So he like basically created this company, got a bunch of people's money, tried to use this money to take over another company, and it all kind of fell. So it made a lot of people mad at him. And he was kind of known as he was consulted by heads of the state from around the globe. The British government actually made him a companion to the most honorable order of Bath. Oh, interesting. And so, like, he was such a prolific businessman and stuff that uh, countries were like, hey, man, we need your help with it. Yeah, well, because he had made it clear that he could do that. Yeah, because he
1: offered so many other people,
0: other countries, literally money. When you come in to, like,
1: rescue an entire economy, it's an interesting thing because it's easy to be seen as, like, an altruist. But ultimately, now that entire country is just in debt to a single man. Yeah, that's like
0: if someone were to randomly show up today that not a lot of people knew about and been like, Hey, U.S., I hear you got, like, trillions of dollars of debt. What if I paid that off for you? People will be like, who the fuck is this guy?
1: You pointed it out earlier, but it's a very Gatsby-like character, you Mm -hmm. know, which we'll get into in a little bit when we get into our fun hypothesis when we... Uh, theorize what we think might have happened but yeah so the guy had plenty of enemies uh, a lot of people could have wanted him dead now let's talk about how maybe that happened let's talk about the night of the disappearance so he's flying in his uh, in his Fokker, don't you dare youtube in his Fokker, not fucker his fucker trimotor they're flying over the ocean uh, they're flying over the channel and he gets up to go to the bathroom mechanic says oh he's been in there for too long I'm just getting everybody back up to speed yep. goes to open the door he's gone Yes. here's my question um. did he notice that the door right the fuck behind him was gone? Because I feel like if that guy went out that door, I've been thinking about it since we started recording. We didn't talk about it in Discovery, but the first thing we said was the door, you know, because we'll get into that. We'll talk about the door here mm-hmm. in just a second about it, what did happen to the door and how many doors there were. Uh. But mechanic very innocently is like, excuse me, sir. So if you are knocking on this door, there's an open doorway 4,000 feet in the air right behind you. So if he went out this door, where on the airplane, (laughs) as you guys saw earlier, where in the like 16 feet, that this is not a game of Hitman. You can't like blow something up and that guy doesn't see it just because he's looking that direction. He would notice. Yeah. It's too loud. There's. I don't believe it from here. From here, the story doesn't make any sense. Because he's knocking on the door. What do you mean, dude? What? Where's the door? Why would you have to? If you turn to go check on him in the bathroom, his story doesn't line up. But you, you knock on the door. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Because if you were even looking that direction, you would see that your door was gone, which we'll now get into. Caleb, talk to him about what happened to the door. So while
0: investigators were investigating this... Uh, when the plane landed, there was a door on there. Yeah. Um, but they took the plane back up at 4,000 feet, tried to open the outside door, and said it would only open about six inches before the slipstream of the air outside slammed it closed. Yep. So that makes you think, how did a dude fit through a six-inch six slot? But it's because... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Continue. Uh, it is because... So not only did he fall out of the plane into the english channel he is not the only thing that fell from the plane as a french fisherman stated he witnessed a man fall out of a plane and also what he believed to be a parachute it was not a parachute it was a false door so the pilot of the plane had the door open that was the external door for boarding and exiting Um, but when the people got to get on the plane, he was already standing there with the door open in front of the door, welcoming people onto the plane, which is very easy because as the pictures show, you go in, there's that little area, there's the bathroom in front of you and another door. Yep. You open that door and that's where you see. Yep. So what people believe, uh, which we get into one theory is that the pilot and the mechanic switched the doors out for a flimsy false door that when touched would essentially break at the hinges and just
1: get taken off, and they stored the actual door. Well, so, we've left out, I guess, kind of a crucial detail, but we'll circle back now like they did. So after he falls out of the plane, and it's just because I went on this tirade, but the mechanic checks on it, however this is allegedly happening. Doors, (laughs) hmm, he's allegedly checking on this guy. He's not in the bathroom. They land the plane, but they did not make an emergency landing at an airstrip that was very nearby. Yes. They made no effort to do that. They didn't call into the tower. They did nothing of the sort. Instead, without making any notice, they landed on a beach. They just landed that plane on the sand. Now, to their very unfortunate favor, that beach was currently occupied by the French military. Yes. Uh, So as soon as they landed, they were snatched up. And that's when the door debacle started. Because the soldiers who arrested them caught them putting a door on the plane. Yes. There was that door, but that's because they were putting it on after they had landed. They landed to put that door back on. So, yeah, they landed on what uh, the pilot believed to be a
0: deserted beach near Dunkirk. But there was a local army unit there. And when they saw it land, they started heading towards it. <laughs> Can you
1: imagine just, like, sitting there very Frenchly smoking a cigarette and probably eating cheese? And this like um...
0: uh and it took them six minutes to finally get to the plane when they got to the plane
1: everyone that was in the
0: plane was outside of the plane (laughs) not suspicious
1: at all it's like when your mom comes up to your room to like see if you've cleaned it and you're already waiting outside the door
0: hey mom how's it going (laughs) um but yeah and they were standing out in the sand and when that happened that's when they called the police
1: yeah 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 um They've well, they're seen... going to anyway, you know, like, hey, a plane just landed. We got it covered, but you could probably come check out what happened. So
0: one of the army men, Lieutenant Marquai, uh, interrogated Donald Drew, the pilot. and He said that he behaved strangely and evaded his questions for 30 minutes. I was say, yeah, it took
1: him like 30 minutes to just say he fell out of the plane.
0: Yeah, until
1: uh, he admitted they had lost Lowenstein somewhere over the English Channel. What a weird thing to have to cop to. And also, like, imagine trying... We've all been caught. To go back to the immediate uh, metaphor I just used, so your parent catches you doing something you're not supposed to be doing, you come up with that on-the-spot lie. That's the hardest thing to on-the-spot lie about. It's like, wh- um... We lost a person? We... Oh, the third richest guy? Yeah, he... Well, he was... Did you see him... Ask the mechanic. You I think, in think he's... in the bathroom. Like, what, dude? You're his private... you He's your boss. What do you mean, where is he? There's a train with his wife and a bunch of people following you with all of his stuff that he doesn't want to be on because it's too slow. Like, you know who this guy is. You know where he is. 30 minutes is the most, like... I can only imagine that during those 30 minutes, he was like... He's just the shiftiest body language. Just like, I don't... I mean... I mean... What would you have done?
0: You know? <laughs> oh, no, man. I was in the front of the plane, flying the plane. I,
1: you expect me to watch over everyone? I it. Ten and two. So, uh, anyway, man. the pilot, very evasive, not really very forthcoming with the French police.
0: Yep. And then a professional detective, Inspector Bonneau, uh, showed up, and he was like, yeah, this is the weirdest story. Like, <laughs> nothing makes sense. He's like... We haven't made up our minds to the definitive theory, but everything's on the table right now. Well, because, yeah,
1: this guy goes disappearing and the best, like, it's just not something that you can be like, well, geez, I don't know. You don't get to, I don't know about this. You have to tell me everywhere you were the whole time and I'll decide if you know or not. Are you kidding? God, gee willikers, guys, I don't know. It got real zany up there. He might have just zipped on out. And the crazy thing
0: is, they just let him continue with the flight. They're like, okay, go to where you needed to land. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. We're not going to arrest anyone. Go to where you need to land. So, uh, the next day, the conspiracy theories are rife.
1: Yes. What were some of the beliefs that happened to him?
0: Uh, One believed that he, as he said, was an American businessman. And he had shady business dealings that were slowly catching up to him.
1: And he purposefully jumped out of this plane. Do you think, it now some people believe that he faked his own death in doing yep. so, and that was also somewhat corroborated by the report of a parachute, but that would then go on to be discovered to have been a real door. Mm-hmm. So, the guy disappears, and there's, you know, mysteries abound about where he could possibly be, and it turns out it's not far away at all, because on July 19th, his body would, well... This is where things get very alleged, and not just because it's everybody's favorite conspiracy hour with the colonel and Caleb, but because the way that they identified them. So there were a lot of theories abounding about where he had been. Obviously, a lot of people were like, oh, he killed himself, or oh, he faked his own death. Faking your own death is usually, anytime somebody is assumed to have the means to do so, I feel like the first thing we assume is that they fake their own death.
0: Yeah, especially Which because... Which is a lot of
1: projecting. It's very like, <laughs> I want to disappear. <laughs> If I could, the first thing I do if I had enough money, fake my own dad. It's very much what it feels like. Like that's what everybody wants. He uh, that was a big theory, especially because he
0: transferred a hundred thousand dollars from his main account to a separate account. Yeah. Like a week
1: before his death. Yeah, which very much made it seem that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but if he did, he added another layer because on July nineteenth, mm-hmm. a body showed up. Yes, a fishing boat uh, found a body. That they identified
0: to be him, kind of? Yeah. The this way, is the
1: weird part. Yeah, they allegedly identified this body. Uh, and you'd think, well, okay, it's a body that's probably been in the water for a couple of weeks. It's going to be kind of difficult to prove who it is, which is fair. I hear you there. But, Caleb, tell them how they identified the guy. They identified him by his watch. And it takes, like, one viewing of any movie where somebody stages their own death to know that they take their most... Precious jewelry off or whatever. They're fake teeth stuff and they put it on a dead guy and they set it on fire and Bob's your uncle, you got your own corpse. It's like that I don't know, it maybe maybe that was enough then, but it just screams cover up. So for those that were immediately thinking this dude faked his own death, that feels like a valid piece of evidence. Another thing that makes us
0: think he faked his own death is when they did the autopsy, he had a partial fracture
1: of his skull and several broken bones. Where we did the math. Yeah, yeah. If you fell from that altitude, even if you hit water. Now, if anybody would like to correct us, please do, because we would love a little more insight on this. We didn't have, like, I don't, uh, a mortician to ask about this would probably be the best person. Yeah. So if there are any morticians that would like to correct us. But if you fell from 4,000 feet. At terminal velocity. With no control over the, you're not diving. You know, you're flailing. You're fucking dead. So if that happens and you smack into that water, man, the guy had a skull fracture, like a skull fracture, not even a break. Just a a partial. Yeah, Yeah. a partial fracture. So like, you know, a step above a hairline, which to me sounds a whole lot like getting hit in the head with a wrench. Uh, But he has that and a couple other broken bones and broken ribs. Now, again, this is the part where we're open to being corrected, but that doesn't sound like enough damage for somebody who fell out of a plane going a couple hundred miles an hour, fell hit terminal velocity for almost 15 seconds, fell afterwards, and then smacked into the water. Man, I would be very surprised if you could do that and not explode something, like we have so much water in us, like how does his head not just go, not to be terribly vulgar, I'm sorry guys, but it just, like how does his head not explode? it's i don't know that just doesn't seem realistic to me it feels a lot more like my thoughts is that it felt like maybe this wasn't him and one of the other indicators was that there was alcohol in the corpses system and uh alfred was known to not drink at all he abstained Mm -hmm. entirely um for very good reasons he had no desire to to drink um and I would find it very difficult to believe that somebody, you know, the immediate thought there is, oh, well, somebody, maybe somebody got him drunk and he fell out the plane or he was drunk and he fell out of the plane. Um, there wasn't enough alcohol in the system for him to have been drunk. No, it was a minuscule amount. So my thought was, well, if it was alcohol, maybe it was, you know, alcohol's the substantive body in a lot of things. So chloroform, stuff like that, that's alcohol typically predominantly. So a lot of those types of things who knows any other types of cleaners things that could kill you you could ingest those things it just seems to me it feels so much like they found a guy poisoned him put his watch put alfred's watch on him and they threw him in the water bonked him on the head kicked him a couple times so his body was beat up threw him in the water and figured you know when he does show back up if you drop drop him out past the breaking waves it'll probably take a couple weeks for that body to show up if Mm -hmm. it ever does uh, some other theories that link to him not being the body that was found
0: was the same night on July fourth. Uh, there was a ferry that was crossing the English Channel, and it dropped off one more passenger than it picked up. Didn't give the exact numbers, but say if there was hundred and ten people when it left England,
1: once it hit the shores of France, it had hundred and eleven. It magically had another person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the it doesn't. It sounds to me. It sounds plausible that he it's not his body, which is immediately what makes me think that it's not him, well, duh. Yeah. But it does feel like a fake death. Now, that's one theory. Let's entertain for a moment that was his corpse. Yes. It was legitimately him, and that is the, those were the wounds that he sustained. Do we think he sustained them on the plane? Do we think, I don't think, because I'm gonna consistently say that I don't think he was thrown out of that plane. I think if it was him, they conked him on the head when they landed, they rolled him out into the water or they dropped him when they were significantly closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why the door, I, I think the door was designed to come off. I don't think he fell for it, um, but I do think it was probably cons I think they thought it would come off. I think he probably got booted out. The door went with him. I think that's what the guy in the boat saw. Um, I wonder if that was really him, though. There's six minutes, man, six minutes that this plane is unattended or unwatched on the beach with a crew of uh, questionable people because there's a guy missing. There's just. And tell them about what the pilot would go on to do. Uh, The pilot, uh, years later,
0: would mysteriously come into a lot of wealth and live oh, a lavish life
1: weird i wonder where all the money came from well the theory is that it came from somebody we'll get into that in a minute because it yep. could have been as we touched on earlier it could be a lot of somebodies from uh the french government to arnold rothstein to who knows who else maybe it's a larger illuminati plot but uh the pilot by all accounts looks like he was paid off Yes, Uh, because he mysteriously came into a very, very comfortable sum of money uh, that kept him comfortable and away from the need for money for the rest of his life. So he'd never need to tell a story. He'd never need to do anything like that. Now, if he was killed, I think he was killed probably on the plane and they kicked him out, like I said, much lower. I just don't think the wounds... Now, again, hopefully I would love it if somebody would tear me uh, to shreds in the comments about this because I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to learn, but it just doesn't seem consistent with... His injuries yeah you know uh what do you think uh well there
0: are a couple of things that reading on make me think maybe he was the one that was killed or maybe he did fake his own death uh the reason maybe he was killed was like we said he had a lot of shady business practices uh he owed a lot of people money and as we all know from previous episodes past we've talked about you have money, you can get
1: stuff done. Yeah, especially then, you know, like, this idea of the, like, capitalistic crunch of power through just spending money was very alive then. You know, this is the time of Pinkertons. This is the time of hired uh, guns. Like, it was a time where if you wanted power, even on a legal side, you could do so with indemnity,
0: basically. But at the same time, that could be a reason he faked his death is because he owed people money and he had money. Well, like... You want to disappear, you want to go to... Your uh, rubber plantation in the Congo, or your iron mines.
1: He had plenty of places to hide, that's for sure.
0: Supposedly he owned eight different villas in Spain, and he owned this and that and this. He had plenty of spaces to
1: bug out to. Absolutely. If he really bugged out. Yes. Now, so let's say he... We've explored the idea that maybe he was murdered on the plane Mm -hmm. by somebody, maybe the pilot, maybe the mechanic along with him. He probably wasn't, that's such a big spider. Mm -hmm. He's cute though. So we've explored the idea that uh, he might've been killed on the plane, that he probably wasn't thrown out of the plane, at least we don't think so. Mm He might, have been, uh, he might have faked his own death. That might have been a corpse, which does sound very likely, and it would have been very easy for him to do. Um, we also entertained the idea that possibly his wife had something to do with it. Now, why would his wife have something to do with it? So, we read
0: a couple different articles, one of which we found out was not a credible source. No,
1: no. When you guys are Googling this stuff, be careful. Be careful. Um,
0: but they did not have the best of relationships. Uh, They're very... They never traveled together. Like you said, she was on a train. And he didn't... She didn't even come to his funeral. Mm -mm, She didn't come to his funeral. He was buried at a plot that her family owned. Yeah. And was buried with an
1: unmarked gravestone. Yeah, which... There's no, obviously is not an indicator of being a well-liked person, but your family handles that. It's not like the the public can hate you all you want. Look at all these Confederate statues that remain the public can hate you plenty. And you still got a Testament to your name in marble or whatever, especially being the third richest man. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, not a big, dumb cross. He's not buried in some why isn't he in some expensive mausoleum in a golden casket or something? You know We're what I mean?
0: Or in a pyramid like Nick Cage.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or a Cabela's. Uh both things of equal cultural <laughs> importance. So it's interesting that he was put in this grave and that his wife did it with um I mean it's cold, man. It's cold. Yeah. Getting getting left out like that. It's an intentional it's a you do it on purpose. There's not the guy it was far too wealthy to have been just forgotten like that
0: yes and the interesting thing that also makes you wonder if it was his wife was a decade later or a little over a decade later so it was 1941 his son robert uh, got in an argument with one of their uh, servants shot and killed the servant and then later went to um like a private academy and died in an aviation accident while at that private academy That he was sent to by his mother.
1: By his mom. She crashes planes. She puts you in planes and crashes them. Well, yeah, so the idea there is that she would have done it to take over his fortune. Although I have... I struggle with that idea because at that time, that's a really... Now, that sounds great. But in 1928, that wouldn't have mattered that much. She would have been fought for that money. She still wouldn't have had the respect that she would have wanted. You know what I mean? I get it, but I wonder... I feel like the... The described motivation for wanting to control that fortune is a little um, uh, it seems a little naive. I don't think that she would have been put in charge of it whether he was dead or not. I think they would have found other people to put in charge of those things because that's how it worked. There. Yeah. So to take over his fortune, I mean she kind of already benefited from it. So I the only reason I could see her wanting to kill him is she just fucking hated the guy. you know like he was probably and culturally at the time, let's be honest, he was probably an adulterer. It was very, very common. Is that a fly? Guys, there's a lot of action going on up here today. This is what happens when we do a podcast on an off day. All the all the spirits and animals and beasts that live in our spaceship are like, excuse me, uh, this is our day. Yeah, so uh, the, the final, well, maybe not the final, but one of the other theories that I like to entertain, and we talked about a little bit, is do you think he was like a Gatsby-like figure? You brought this up, and I really like that idea. So th- that
0: was my theory. Um that he wasn't who he said to be he was kind of like a industry plant i guess is the best way to put it like the tramp stamps he <laughs> he was unknown and that's because he wasn't a real person uh then people started basically flowing money through him made this kind of icon the third richest person in the world what better way to launder money or fence things or anything like that you don't want your name tied to your rubber plantation or your mine or something put it in lowenstein's name yep he
1: owns it and what's wild is rothstein was known to do that kind of thing Mm -hmm. he was not unfamiliar with doing exactly what you're describing vegas the the rum trade in california with lucky luciano and vegas with Lansky and lucky luciano are very good examples of him doing exactly that The guy was very directly tied to very respectable people Mm -hmm. because he could hide through shells. Yes. You know, hiding in in plain sight, you know. And that way, like I said earlier, he
0: popped up in the U.S., uh, came into the zeitgeist very quickly because he offered Belgium and France $50 million. Yeah, just like basically a blank check to fix your country. And after he died very quickly vanished out of the zeitgeist just as quick. Yeah, like yeah. no longer. he He's
1: not seen as like a national hero. He's <clears> nothing. <throat> he's
0: nothing. People barely know who he is.
1: Yeah, it doesn't... I mean, it's not that unbelievable to think that even if he was probably complicit in it, he was something of a, a face for something else. And it's easy to sort of look at that and roll your eyes and I, we hear you 100% accept that. If you look at um, the dates of some people getting busted and dying. A lot of it happened in sequence in 1928. And the biggest of which, of course, obviously the Lowenstein, the man we're talking about right now, Alfred Lowenstein, but also later that year, only months later, knowing full well, his time was up. Rothstein was, he was like killed in public in September. He walked into a hotel at 1050, like Meriwether Lewis gut shot and went, I'm thirsty. No, he didn't, but I bet he was. Yeah, because we all we've learned from this show. You, you listen to every episode about somebody thirsty. dying. If you're like bleeding out, you get very thirsty. So he walks into this place and he tells him to call him a cab. They don't call him a cab. They call the cops. When the cops show up, they're like, "Who did it?" And he's like, "Don't worry about it. If I live through this, I'll get him. And if I don't, the gang will get him." And then proceeds to take a day to die at Cedar Sinai uh, in Bedsty and he knew full well this was going to happen so much so that just a, cu- so a couple months previous his, one of his cars had been shot up with a machine gun. Um, but, That was not an uncommon thing for his lifestyle. (laughs) Um, But he, right before he was gut shot, he took out a $50,000 life insurance policy, so much right before, in fact, that the check that he wrote and sent in the mail didn't even get deposited in time. He died beforehand, and the life insurance uh, policy was never put into place. So the guy knew his time was up. He had made it clear after his wife divorced him that he knew his time was up. And it... Both of the men who were known to work with each other, who were prolific drug traders in this in this country and others, likely, Rothstein was for sure, die knowingly within a couple months of each other the same year. Yep. Two very prolific men, still early, both in their 40s. Yes. That's, I mean, that's just enough for you and I to be like, I think we have something here. Because that's, I mean, there. I could to entertain the big silly story now say they were involved in a much larger organization mm-hmm. with more moving pieces which if you do go back and listen to last week's episode about barry seal you'll hear very real instances of all the things you're worried about the dea working with the cia working with the fbi working with uh iran working with south america working with drug lords like all working together all selling each other weapons and stuff like it's all the stuff you worry about well it was all true and barry was doing all of it why couldn't it have been happening then? And if it was happening then, I wouldn't be surprised. Listen, he, he got two countries out of the hole after the Great War. Mm-hmm. One of them has always historically been a prolific trader of opium and opiates. I find it very easy to believe that the French government could have assisted him in acquiring the opium he needed in order to take it to America to get it to Rothstein, to let it become heroin. And I don't think they would have had any problem icing the guy. The thing is, is like, it's ve- I think it's very easy. The big hole to me about this dude getting killed is the mechanic. Yes. It's the door question, but it's also why wasn't he the rich one? Why'd the pilot make the money? What happened to the mechanic? And he lived a pretty normal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were let go. They basically weren't questioned after the French police spoke to them. They were like, "Oh, they didn't do anything. They could." Which is insane to me. Like the guy disappeared off the plane. I don't know how to break it to you, but someone in here did it. Yeah, there's like, six had, of you <laughs> in there. There's six people in here. One of you, five people, killed this guy, and one of you was behind the wheel. So I bet it probably wasn't you. So which one of you four people killed this guy? No, just let him go. He fell out. One of the
0: theories is that they were all in on it. They yeah. all were paid. Uh, he had enough money for that. There was a female secretary and a male secretary, and they believe that the mechanic and the male secretary are the ones that
1: grabbed him and threw him out of the plane as well. Well, yeah, so well, I guess we can talk about that a tiny bit, too, Like to go back to the door thing. So in order to get that door off... Unless it was a fake door, you would have had to really push. But it was a fake door, mm-hmm. and it was ripped off. Uh, do you think that that fake door was an intentional trap, or do you think and they blew it and they're like, ah, oh, fuck, just I not hit him in the head and throw him out? <laughs> uh, I like to think that every time we see one of these that's like kind of a mystery or like very much a mystery is because somebody goofed in the process of executing whatever they were supposed to do. Like, if, if things they get, get pulled right. off perfectly, it doesn't. It, it's, well, like, no it's like a Hitman. Yeah. When you leave, you're a silent assassin. Nobody knows that you did it. But in this case, it's like, guys, you, you can't make a guy disappear from a plane and... Like, he was on a plane. Where did he go? Maybe. I know where he went, Caleb. Bane? No. He went through the temporal rift... He was the Kentucky meat storm. He exploded. Yeah. And he went through the temporal rift over Kentucky. <laughs> he went back in time. Well, you know, it's concurrent time because that's how the multiverse works. Yeah. But he went through a temporal rift. It exploded his body. He landed all over uh, Bath County, Kentucky. There we go. I solved it. I figured it out. I don't know what, why people struggle with this stuff. It's so much easier when you just use logic. Occam's Razor says it was a temporal rift. The man exploded. Time travel. <laughs> To go back to one of my theories... Yes! The, the theory that he was... This is my favorite part of the podcast. Anybody who listens to the podcast should just, like, Google what we're talking about a little bit and skip to 30 minutes.
0: Is <laughs> He was this weird Gatsby type. Like, he was basically a front for a bunch of different things. He created the... I can't pronounce this correctly that's okay Cedro, it was uh the society of international hydroelectric energy really into
1: Uh, hydroelectric power
0: but it's belgian so it's in uh, belgish i don't know Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh (laughs) german he by the late mid-20s like i said he was consulted by all the heads of state all things, to me, point to, like, this isn't a real guy. Like, this is... He was a... Yes, he was a real guy. But if he was consulted by heads of state, they were probably asking him information or giving him information. He was moving to other
1: places what to if, talk to people. I'm telling you, Illuminati conspiracy. I'm telling you, he was part of a much larger conspiracy, and he and Rothstein were taken down together.
0: Well, yeah, that also plays into it. If he was this front, he was like a that's like the i mean i just finished watching breaking bad again like heisenberg yeah 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 totally no it's but it really it's a made is. up person that has a made up name that people all know but there is a real person behind it yeah um uh, people want to talk to him need to talk to him do this do that it's funny cuz he's or a better we, analogy would be
1: uh gus fring yeah yeah he's more like gus fring yeah he
0: where yes he owns this chicken chicken restaurant that he also owns a laundry he also employs these people and these people and on the outside he's very likable works alongside the dea gives them money but at the same time you have this much larger um i forget the name of it the Madro electric or whatever the german company in the show that is actually calling the shots yeah um that work with the cartel. So, like, yeah, maybe he was one integral piece, and they made up this character to root everything through him. Totally, yeah. Uh But when the higher-ups no longer needed them, they cut loose ends.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which would make sense. It would uh it would also explain his, like, sort of, uh, I don't know, crappy behavior. Yeah. You know, if he knew. Well, dude, you guys don't know this, but in, like, four years, I'm out of here. It could also... <laughs>
0: the theory that he wasn't a real person and it was a Gatsby type situation could honestly lean true to him being killed or him committing suicide.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He knew his jig was almost up. Yeah. Especially the suicide thing. Like he could, I could see him killing himself if he was like, well, they're just going to kill me anyway. And his family,
0: like his brother was like, sure, we will provide an autopsy. That way no one else has to, mess with his body once we bury him. Yeah. And what a great way to cover up a fake murder or a fake body. Yeah, I guess. Be like, oh yeah, it's fine. He's just in this unmarked grave. Yeah. No one mess with his body. If you need to know any information, here's an autopsy report.
1: Yeah, and a very, very vague autopsy report and, you know, a primitive one at that yeah. as well. This is the yeah. 20s. They're like, well, he's
0: got blood,
1: and they're like, cool, that's good.
0: Bobby should have that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a. It, if it's poison, we'll take it out with leeches. No, it, it, I agree with you. I think that it would have been. It's a time, you know, I think there's a time when sociopaths and like the Machiavellian types are the types that, that will tell you, like, if I could go back to any time, it's when I could be the smartest guy around, no problem. Uh, but it kind of feels, I don't know, emblematic of that. He. It does feel sort of like he was a mascot for bad behavior, just the out-facing sort of, no, we're doing okay things, but he was also so kind of like... Because he was a relatively aloof guy. He almost walked into the propeller of an airplane. And this isn't a small propeller. It's like a fucking 8, nine, ten foot three-bladed propeller. And when people <coughs> were like... That <they>
0: goes... <laughs> it's all your clothes. When they first said that he f- mistook the doors and actually just fell out of plane, people were like... Yeah, he was kind of absent-minded. That makes sense. Like, could you imagine?
1: Dude, I'm, I hope you don't think that about me. I hope... I I don't have too many hopes about the way that I die, but I hope afterwards people aren't like, yeah,
0: oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. If
1: I walked out a plane. God damn.
0: Yeah, yeah, he went to go to the bathroom, but just po- cracked open the door and popped out. It's like, you know, that sounds like him.
1: Yeah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't know exactly what happened to him. I don't know if he fell. Uh, I don't think he fell. I'm Like I said, somebody please feel free to show me the science that I'm wrong I'm confident that we probably are we don't know enough but it doesn't seem like that's a survivable fall with just those little fractures and shit I think my here's my closing thesis uh I don't I'm not gonna go with the temporal rift this time (laughs) I, I think he was conked on the head uh when he got on the plane I think uh one of the guys conked him on his brain I think all of them got paid off and I think the pilot was the only one who was brazen enough to show his money off Mm -hmm. Because there were definitely enough of those guys to pay them all off. Um, They maybe gave the pilot more. Plus, if he was a pilot for them, who knows what else he was doing? Yeah. As we learned, Barry Seal did all kinds of things for all kinds of people as a pilot. You know, he basically was the same thing that Lowenstein was. He was just he was the pilot in this situation rather than the than the guy getting pushed out the back door. The DB Cooper. Yeah. um, The dude doing the Irish exit, or I guess it's a French goodbye because it was over the Channel and he left him with the bill. That's the joke to end. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I don't, I don't think he was... I don't... If that was his body, I don't think he was thrown out of a plane. I think he was killed beforehand. I think it was probably a conspiracy, but I don't think it was his wife because that just doesn't really make... It seems like it would be more trouble for him, for her to kill him off than not to. And, like, she was never around the dude. She didn't give a fuck. Who cares? Just... This is the 1920s. Don't you guys just ignore each other anyway? Don't you sleep in separate beds? Who cares? She didn't need the money either. She is from the... Mazone family,
0: which mm-hmm. was uh, most famously Leonard Mazone, who was a photographer, a Belgian photographer, did okay. a bunch of landscaping stuff, like landscape portraits, not landscaping. landscaping. The photographer it didn't really work out. Picked up the shovel. But what was interesting when researching him, he did get a degree in mining engineering, oh. but never became a miner. Or, interesting. Like used his degree in any sense, he became.
1: A photographer. So he didn't do any landscaping. He didn't he do actually any actually did have a lot of interest in landscaping. Uh,
0: but that's what... Her fa- her family was rich as it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, everybody was wealthy.
0: Also, to go back to the Gatsby thing, if you have a rich man and you need to make a good cover story, have him marry a rich woman. Yes, absolutely. Then there'll be no holes. There'll be no... Que- it, It's much harder to fake one rich person than it is, or it's much easier to fake one rich person than two rich people in a whole rich family. Absolutely. If you have people who are already rich and
1: been like, well, you married into this family. Especially uh, because it's an injection. This is a very, very astute point, Caleb. Because it's an injection of new money into old money, too. Her family, very much old money family. And if you don't think there's a difference between those two, you're lying to yourself. Make some rich friends because they will tell you there's a difference. You know, like. The, the smartest thing for a cover they could have done was marry into a, a ri- old-money, rich, accredited family, somebody with a mansion that looks like a castle, that sort of thing, you know? Because, yep. yeah, you're right. That's the perfect cover. Because then it's it was never his money. They won't even look at that stuff. They mm-hmm. won't... His... his Bottom line is a very different thing when it's a shared account with a infinite money. And, you know, they talked about that, him having infinite resources and stuff and all the time to work on things. I don't know. Either way, it's wild. You know, dude died before he was 50. That's a... Either way, Elon, you better fucking watch your six but somebody's gonna toss you out of one of those rockets <laughs> underneath uh, hopefully grimes is gonna lock him in a cyber truck without the air conditioning on
0: with their weird uh, mop
1: dogs hovering around <laughs> that's what'll clean him up all right well shit this was a really fun story uh really happy to be back uh very fun uh who knows what happened to Lowenstein? i wish his heirs the best and if any of them listen to this I swear we didn't say any of this in a negative tone but uh, we hope you enjoyed the show Uh, if you have any stories of your own please do I'm gonna flash it on the screen again right now send them you can text you can image over signal over telegram or just regular text service if you want Uh, but we do imagine you probably want anonymity send us a voice message or something tell us a story we'd be happy to hear it and hopefully we'll have the opportunity to talk about it on the next episode until then uh, thanks guys bye Uh. you know we didn't have an end of credit scene last week we didn't well we didn't do anything funny